Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that I am looking for 50 people with Hashimoto's. If you have been diagnosed in the last 10 years and you feel lost or confused about exactly what to do, then I want to invite you to join me for a free training call on Thursday, May 16th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, where I will show you how to support your thyroid for your thyroid type and your specific Hashimoto's triggers. You will also find out how to lower your thyroid antibodies and how to get to the bottom of all of your thyroid symptoms, the weight gain, the fatigue, the brain fog, the inflammation, the hair loss. Please go to inatoppler.com slash Zoom call to register, and I will send you all of the call details. I only have room for 50 people, so please be sure that you register at inatoppler.com slash Zoom call and get your spot right now. Meet Cindy. She's 42 and loves to work out in the outdoors. But for the last year, she's been feeling tired, foggy, out of breath, and having difficulty recovering from her workouts. Not only does she feel like she doesn't feel rested after a full night's sleep, but she feels like her muscles are also weak. She's used to running on most days, but now her legs get tired even after a short run, and she doesn't have the stamina that she used to. She saw her primary, who ran a ton of blood work, but didn't find anything significant. She also had an EKG and a lung scan to look into the reasons for her shortness of breath, but all of those tests came back normal as well. When I met Cindy, I noticed that her issues started after a stressful time, but I also connected a few other things, like the fact that she was an avid gardener and loved keeping her lawn and garden free of weeds with whatever means possible. I had many clues and knew that I had to dive in and connect all the dots so we could solve this health mystery. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. We just heard about Cindy. My sense was that it had something to do with how her cells were making or not making, in her case, energy and what was happening in her mitochondria. Joining me on the show today to talk more about Cindy's case is Dr. Tim Jackson. He is a doctor of physical therapy. He specializes in functional endocrinology, and he's an expert in nutritional biochemistry. Dr. Jackson is the founder of HealYourBody.org, and his philosophy is designed to give people the framework for understanding how the body works so they can make better decisions about their own health and better advocate for tests and treatments that will help the body heal versus simply just managing the symptoms and ultimately regain the quality of life that they deserve. Dr. Jackson, so excited to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So Dr. Jackson, let's talk about mitochondria. What are mitochondria? Yeah, so uh, basically, if you remember from uh, high school biology, most people were taught that they're the batteries of our cells. And that's true. They do you know, make energy for our cells. And that energy isn't just for you know, exercise type energy. Is for performing uh, normal day-to-day biochemical reactions, such as detoxification, hormone production, 
uh, neurotransmitter production in the brain, et cetera. But the mitochondria are also um, extensive signaling uh, systems or organelles. And they can sense when there is a danger or change in the surrounding environment. And basically what that does, you know, most people are familiar with the fight or flight state in the nervous system. This is kind of like a microcosm of that uh, called the cell danger response. And when the mitochondria detect that, you go from producing sufficient energy to go towards health and well-being to uh, basically treading water. And that's, you know, your body's way of trying to keep you alive. Um, But it leaves you sort of wired and tired. And instead of, um, you know, most people have heard uh, the advice to pro athletes or high level athletes, the more relaxed you are, the better. And that's because the better your mitochondria will function. The more stress the body's under, more hijacked these uh, organelles become and the mitochondria are derived from bacteria so our cells engulf them you know depending on what you believe millions of years ago um, and they are separate um, from the nuclear dna and genes Um, and up until two months ago we thought that only mom's dna uh, determines, you know, how your mitochondria function. But now there's some evidence suggesting that there is a paternal contribution to the mitochondria. So to sort of summarize, the mitochondria are the batteries of your cells. And essentially, uh, if you want to picture someone with great mitochondria, um, a normally developing child with tons of energy uh, who can go all day long, or a professional athlete. If you want to picture someone with really poor mitochondrial function, picture someone in the intensive care unit with multiple organ systems failing. Okay, that's really interesting. So when we think about symptoms of mitochondria that are not functioning properly, and obviously you mentioned sort of the very uh, one end of that where someone's in the hospital and nothing is functioning, but what are some symptoms when maybe it's just starting to not function properly or it's kind of on its way there? Yeah. So uh, depending on which system or organ uh, system in the body we're referring to, that determines the concentration of mitochondria. And it just so happens that your nervous system, your brain and spinal cord um, have the highest concentration of mitochondria. So the first system that goes offline, so to speak, when the mitochondria are not optimal is the brain and nervous system. And that can lead to brain fog, uh, memory issues, concentration issues, mood issues, sleep issues. Um, Hopefully, I'm sure uh, as an experienced clinician, you recognize those and uh, you can you know, vouch for how prevalent they are in clinical practice. And so it can literally be anything from, you know, brain fog and uh, dysfunction um, with memory or, uh, you know, uh, comprehension or reading comprehension, stuff of that nature. Um, But it can also be uh, something as complex as heart issues or impaired cardiac output. 
So the, after the nervous system, the next system in your body that has the second uh, largest concentration of mitochondria is the heart. And so many people with uh, heart issues that are, uh, make the perfusion of their tissues less than optimal, uh, that turns out to be a mitochondrial issue. And many of your listeners will probably recognize things like taurine, amino acid, uh, L-carnitine, another amino acid. Those all improve cardiac function by improving mitochondrial function. So, yeah, those are the two, usually the first two systems that you see um, going awry. But the more systems that are involved in someone's uh, issue or imbalance, the more of a red flag it is for mitochondrial dysfunction. Now, what about the muscles? When someone is experiencing fatigue and overall muscle fatigue, how can that relate to mitochondrial issues? Yeah, so great question. Uh, the muscles in terms of if you produce uh, soreness very quickly, you know, with just say lifting your arm above your head without any external weight, um, or if you walk 10 steps and your calves are really sore, that's a sign of dysfunctional mitochondria. Um, they're not operating uh, efficiently, and I definitely don't want to bore your listeners, but at the molecular level, they are taking the raw materials and they're going down an alternate pathway, so to speak, um, versus a perfectly functioning engine in a Ferrari that's taking that high-performance uh, fuel and converting it into output. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. In Cindy's case, what was happening is she did have some memory issues and some brain fog, but one of the biggest things she noticed was just overall fatigue and the sort of muscle weakness and soreness. And she used to work out all the time with no issues, but then she started to notice that even just a short workout would produce that soreness and would just create this feeling of weakness that she felt in her muscles that she never felt in the past. Yeah, and uh, one thing I failed to mention is that when we talk about you know kids who are and toddlers who are developing, um, one of the hallmark signs of mitochondrial dysfunction is poor muscle tone. Yeah, that's a really good point, and that's something that pediatricians uh, you know will often look at, um, and it is important. Um, how common, Tim, is it to see issues with the mitochondria? You know, in today's world, I'm sure you see this in your practice, it's extremely common. And that's due to a number of variables, particularly toxicity. So um, a common example that most people will have heard of is Roundup or glyphosate, the chemical in Roundup. Not only does it uh, destroy your microbiome and the gut bacteria, the good gut bacteria, but it also damages the mitochondria. And so anytime uh, chemicals uh, such as glyphosate, heavy metals, pesticides, et cetera, are uh, inside your cells, they can literally occupy certain parts of the mitochondria and interfere directly and indirectly with uh, energy production. And the mitochondria are very, very sensitive to free radicals. And when you have free radical production from toxicity, hormonal imbalances, um, poor quality sleep, um, mold exposure, chronic infections, et cetera, um, you're going to have uh, a lot of issues in terms of 
the mitochondria are becoming damaged. And so our genes and our nucleus of our DNA, the you know double helix that we all think of and picture, those are protected by proteins called histones. But the genes in our mitochondria, uh, so the mitochondria has some genes of its own, and those are not protected by histones. And so those, uh, the mitochondria in general, are protected by three molecules, glutathione, SOD or superoxide dismutase, and catalase. And if, for all the ladies listening, if you've seen Cindy Crawford's skincare line commercial, uh, the primary ingredient in that is SOD or superoxide dismutase. Um, and so those three uh, compounds are very potent antioxidants that are like bodyguards that sit in front of the mitochondria. And they're there to kind of grab those hot potatoes, those free radicals, so that the mitochondria don't get damaged. But every time we are exposed to any form of stressor or toxin, that uses up some of our glutathione and the other two antioxidants. In addition, you can have uh, certain glitches in your epigenetics that cause your, you to not produce optimal amounts of these compounds. And so it's kind of a trifecta um, effect in terms of you know, increased exposure to toxins that damage the mitochondria, um, epigenetic glitches, um, and a number of other variables that will make the mitochondria very susceptible to damage from oxidative stress. So in terms of you know, optimizing the mitochondria, you have to look for all those different contributing factors and eradicate them. Mm-hmm. It's so good to know because I don't think a lot of people realize how sensitive the mitochondria are and that they're only protected by, like you're saying, those three molecules. So there's just so much potential damage that can happen. Like you were explaining from the environment and even just from our own body and what we're exposed mm-hmm. to. How do we know if we have an issue with the mitochondria? Is there a way to test the functioning of it or any other way to kind of look from a different angle to see if there's issues with the mitochondria? Yeah, there's a few different uh, ways to look at it. You can look at serum or blood levels of things like coenzyme Q10, um, L-carnitine, et cetera. Um, but I know we were talking off air. Those two compounds that I just mentioned, CoQ10 and carnitine, are made through a process called methylation, uh, which involves the B vitamins and some mineral cofactors. So uh, those tests, you know, might show that your mitochondria are not optimal, but it could be due to a separate issue. A more accurate test that I like to use is an organic acids test. And that looks at a number of different um, metabolic byproducts to see how your metabolism is functioning. And one of the main things that the mitochondria does is it burns fatty acids Uh, which uh, have the highest caloric content at nine kilocalories. Um, And that process is called beta oxidation. And the L-carnitine essentially is like a molecular taxi for fatty acids and will take them into the mitochondria so they can be burned. Uh, If you see a a buildup of fatty acids in the mitochondria, um, that tells you that there's 
obviously some dysfunction there. Uh, there are other tests that will measure, for example, there's one uh, in the UK that uh, is based on the work of Sarah Myhill, Dr. Myhill, and it essentially takes the mitochondria, measures energy output, then it soaks them in magnesium and that SOD antioxidant that I mentioned, and then it remeasures energy output. And so, you know, there should be a huge jump in energy production when, when magnesium and SOD and glutathione are present. And so you can look at the actual levels of those molecules. Um, you can also look at certain metabolites like pyruvate, lactate, et cetera. Um, so it's very common in the neurodevelopmental world or pediatric neurodevelopmental world to see imbalances in the mitochondria, which will affect sensory processing, muscle tone, growth, uh, learning, et cetera. There are tests where you can check for various toxins, such as mycotoxins from mold and things like glyphosate from Roundup. And both of those uh, are particularly harmful to the mitochondria. Uh, they do damage a million different ways, but they uh, essentially target and shut down the mitochondria. Mm -hmm. So you're recommending first doing something like an organic acid test to look at what the actual output, what it looks like. And then if there's an issue, then going after, okay, well, what caused it? And that's when we would be looking at toxins and mold toxins, um, glyphosate and things like that, correct? Yeah. So the organic acid test, you know, tells us a lot of helpful information, um, but it doesn't necessarily uh, change or change to a large degree how we're going to treat because everyone on the planet can benefit from better mitochondria, um, a greater number of them, and healthier mitochondria. And so, uh, you know, in terms of optimizing them, you know, there's been this huge uh, renaissance of mitochondrial information in the past 10 to 15 years. In order to optimize them, you know, it takes a three-pronged approach. Most people are familiar with uh, supplements such as CoQ10, D-ribose, carnitine, and that addresses one aspect of the mitochondria. So that provides the metabolic raw materials. But the other aspects that must be addressed are healing the mitochondrial membrane. So there's an inner membrane and an outer membrane, um, and that physically and structurally factors into how our cells produce energy. Uh, so you have to address that. And uh, how would we go about doing that? Is there a way to test for that? Or do we just assume that maybe that's off because the... It's going to... So, yeah. So let's say that we aren't exposed to any toxins, chronic infections, et cetera. Just normal function and production of energy is going to, by default, produce some free radicals. So there's some inherent damage, just like with your car engine running. There's, it's not 100% efficient or turnover. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yep. And so um, hopefully that answers your question. Okay. So we assume then that there's just going to be some damage to the membrane because of everyday wear and tear. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And the way we would address the membrane is um, 
based on the work of a guy named Dr. Garth Nicholson um, and using a set of phospholipids, um, specifically products uh, referred to as NT factor energy. Um, and basically what that does is I call it the um, membrane rehabilitation program. And it can physically, that supplement over the course, if taken for as long as a year, uh, it can uh, not only heal the mitochondrial membrane, but it can push out certain synthetic toxins that are disrupting the mitochondria. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and then the third aspect of mitochondrial healing is protecting the mitochondria from re-injury. And that's where uh, things such as glutathione, uh, catalase, which is just another uh, antioxidant enzyme, and that superoxide dismutase or SOD that I mentioned come in handy. You know, there are creams of glutathione, uh, there are liposomal glutathione supplements, there are oral uh, SOD and catalase supplements. Um, I prefer sort of going the indirect routes and uh, turning up the volume knob on something called NRF2, which I know you know about. Mm -hmm. And that's just a cellular signaling molecule that is responsible for detoxification reactions and the production of our own endogenous antioxidants. And so instead of just artificially raising one uh, substance, we are upregulating an entire set of reactions. I love that you're saying that because it really is about putting all the pieces together and allowing the body to function optimally. So yes, of course, we want to give it what it needs, but we also want to teach it how to do stuff on its own so that it can optimize and create its own nutrients, um, or at least synthesize yeah. them when available. And how do you support that? Is there a supplement that you like for that? Or are there are certain techniques that you use to help to upregulate that? Yeah, so probably my favorite that's kind of uh, caught a lot of steam the past three years is molecular hydrogen. And what makes molecular hydrogen so unique is that it's an extremely tiny molecule. And so uh, one point I want to drive home for your listeners is that uh, it's not really about the number of milligrams per se in your supplement. It's more so about can that nutrient get to where it needs to go. Um, and that's an extremely important uh, concept to understand because if you, it's kind of like if I give you $100,000 cash versus giving you access to a bank account with $100,000 and then I block that access. So the mitochondria definitely get boosted by uh, molecular hydrogen and it works on a number of different levels. Uh, it stimulates the production of new mitochondria, which is a really big deal. Previously, the only things we knew that did that were exercise and substances such as PQQ and potentially resveratrol. Um, but molecular hydrogen also helps to heal your existing mitochondria. And so uh, it goes after free radicals, one that's really harmful um, that people may have read about is called peroxynitrite or ONOO. And that's one of the compounds that uh, EMFs, such as 5G, Wi Fi, et cetera, um, increases the production of. 
And so molecular hydrogen really uh, goes in and quenches free radicals, uh, makes the mitochondria that you have healthier, and triggers the production of new mitochondria. Mm, that's amazing. And how would a protocol with molecular hydrogen work? So the beautiful thing about molecular hydrogen is there's no upper toxicity limit. And so there's no, you know, normally with most nutrients, there's a curve. Too little is bad, but too much is also bad. With molecular hydrogen, the more the better. And a friend of mine uh, who uh, is pregnant, six months pregnant now, she has a molecular hydrogen machine with the nasal cannula to breathe it in, um, but also it creates the molecular hydrogen water. And her OBGYN is just ecstatic at how well her pregnancy is going. Mm. And so that just speaks to the safety profile of that, you know, substance. When someone is first starting out to use molecular hydrogen, are there any detox reactions that can happen? And what I mean is, can they feel a little worse before they start feeling better or do they experience benefits right away? So anytime you increase cellular energy production, whether it's with magnesium, coenzyme Q10, or molecular hydrogen, you're going to turn up the volume or a, increase the rate at which certain biochemical reactions take place. So your body may have only been using the energy it had at the cellular level for things that were absolutely necessary to keep you alive. Now that it has uh, more energy production at the cellular level, um, it can address other needs that may have been neglected for a while. And so indirectly, anytime you improve mitochondrial function, you will also improve immune function. And you will also improve detoxification. So it's not directly die-off from the molecular hydrogen, but it's the increased energy production and what the cells can do with that. Um, and again, it's all about, you know, knowing where someone is at in terms of their health journey um, and prepping their uh, elimination pathways. Um, so the molecular hydrogen, normally people just feel better from it and, you know, keep feeling better. But uh, it, it certainly has the potential to result in die-off-like reactions. Mm -hmm. That's really good to know. And it makes sense, too, that it's not that it's necessarily killing anything off. It's just more that metabolic functions are upregulated, and therefore your body's kind of like, oh, wow, I'm so happy. I have all this energy. Let me go dig in the liver and see what I've been storing here for 20 years. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So if you wanted to make every aspect of your life better make your mitochondria function better. Um, because if you think about it, you know, when are you going to have a low mood or get uh, angry really easily? When you're fatigued. When are you going to have memory issues? When you're fatigued. When are you going to uh, not be able to exercise like you want to? When you're fatigued. And that's why the better we can make our mitochondria function, the, not only is it going to increase our longevity and our uh, lifespan, but it'll increase our health span. Dr. Jackson, so once we find that there is mitochondrial dysfunction that's going on through some of the tests that you mentioned, what can we do to correct it? What type of steps can we take to help to remedy the situation? 
Yeah, so I'm actually going to take a, a bit of a different approach and start with the lifestyle modifications and the greatest return on investment health hacks. Uh, because like I tell patients, you know, let's say I had a magical supplement that, you know, made your mitochondria, uh, work extremely well at the end of the month, you have to buy another bottle, but with some of the lifestyle changes and environmental changes, those are things that will pay dividends and work all the time. And so one of those that is certainly, uh, popular at the moment is red light therapy. And different wavelengths of light uh, stimulate uh, the production of energy in the mitochondria and the release of nitric oxide in the blood vessels. And so red light therapy devices uh, essentially cause the cells to produce greater amounts of ATP. Now, I do want to issue a, a slight warning. So I have one patient right now who she's been detoxing and doing stuff of this nature for around 20 years. And she bought a red light therapy device and she and her husband both did it for five minutes the first day. Uh, they had to close their company the next day. They couldn't open the office. Oh, wow. Uh, it was that detoxing. It was that detoxing. And so usually a lot of the red light therapy devices contain red and near infrared lights. Um, and the near infrared light is also beneficial. Those wavelengths penetrate very deeply into our tissues. Um, and that also helps uh, mitochondrial energy production. And one thing that red light therapy does that's so important is to some degree it negates the harmful effects of artificial blue light which I'm sitting under as we speak. Hmm. And so, you know, blue light we get from the sun and that boosts our immune system and creates structured water in the cells uh, and around the cells. Um, but uh, artificial blue light is damaging in a number of different ways. Uh, it is directly harmful to the mitochondria uh, in one aspect but uh, it will also disrupt our circadian rhythm or our 24-hour clock uh, where you know, certain biochemical reactions are released or take place at a faster rate at certain times. Certain hormones are released in greater concentration at certain times. And it tells, uh, artificial blue light tells our brain to stop producing melatonin. Well, one of the primary supplements that you can take for the mitochondria is melatonin. Everyone knows it for, um, you know, helping you to sleep, but it's an extremely potent mitochondrial stimulator. And uh, it's very protective uh, to the mitochondria. And when we're exposed to artificial blue light, we produce less of it. And that kind of touches on the idea of using uh, glasses that block both blue light, artificial blue light, and green light. And so you can change out your light bulbs and, you know, use uh, wavelengths that are more amber in nature, um, along with wearing uh, daytime glasses that allow you to see your screen but negate some of the effects on the eyes in terms of the mitochondria. 
Um, and then getting sunlight within 30 minutes of waking up. I recommend at least 25 to 30 minutes of direct sunlight. And then another 25 to 30 minutes in the afternoon, um, about an hour and a half before sunset. Those are the optimal times. Mm-hmm. You know, when in doubt, I tell people to get it however or whenever they can. But Now, and if someone for some reason is not able to get the direct sunlight, how do you feel about the, uh, the lamps that stimulate sun? Yeah, they can help, but they still don't come close to mimicking the effects of the sun. Um, and that's just, you know, getting back to that whole concept of nature is a lot smarter than we give it credit for. So in terms of lifestyle, you know, modifying your home environment, your work environment, or if they're one in the same, then we have red light therapy that's usually combined with near infrared light therapy that will stimulate, um, mitochondrial healing and energy production. And that also helps to negate to some degree, some of the harmful effects of artificial blue light. Mm -hmm. Great. What other therapies are there to help us boost the mitochondria? Yeah. So other therapies that can really help boost the mitochondria, one is optimizing your circadian rhythm. And that's because, you know, everyone knows that, you know, there's waxing and waning of various uh, functions in your body Um, and certain uh, reactions take place at a faster rate or uh, not at all um, depending on the time of day and it turns out a very important compound called NAD or NAD plus the concentrations of that at the cellular level are largely determined by uh, your circadian rhythm and so it really does help to go to bed uh, when our ancestors would have gone. Because if you stop and think, you know, without all the gadgets and the artificial light, what would we be doing? Going to bed early. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that uh, is tremendously important in optimizing mitochondrial function. And so some of the most important ways to heal and boost mitochondrial function are not supplements, but uh, environmental and lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. And like you said, that's really going to give you the biggest return on your investment because the bottle isn't going to run out in a month. If you do that, you're going to continue to see benefits. Right. Now, when it does come to supplements, if someone is deficient, is it something that's okay to take? Or do you find that um, there's certain more general supplements that are helpful in addition to making these lifestyle changes? Yeah. So uh, the molecular hydrogen Um, whether it's through the use of tablets that you dissolve in water or it's a nasal cannula, uh, that, uh, molecule is extremely beneficial to the mitochondria. It helps to heal the mitochondria we have, and it stimulates the production of new mitochondria and, uh, it quenches free radicals. And we, you know, know that our mitochondria are very susceptible to free radical damage. So the more that we can quench free radicals and oxidative stress, uh, the better off our mitochondria are going to be. And the uh, other supplements that would help um, outside of molecular hydrogen, uh, things such as coenzyme Q10, L-carnitine, but those uh, are basically providing, you know, raw materials, which can be helpful and may be needed 
but we also want to protect the mitochondria with antioxidants such as glutathione and superoxide dismutase, and those get upregulated by ingesting molecular hydrogen. Uh, so you don't always have to directly take glutathione to raise glutathione. And the last uh, supplement I would recommend is something called NT Factor Energy, which is just the phospholipid complex that helps to heal the inner and outer membranes of the mitochondria. And that's important because they, our cells use those membranes to create a concentration gradient, which ultimately allows the production of energy. And so if those membranes are dysfunctional, it's going to lead to leaky cells, quote unquote, and that's just going to create inflammation throughout the body. And the more inflamed we are, the less optimal our mitochondria will perform. Great. Well, Dr. Jackson, thank you so much for all of this information. This is so helpful. I really appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. As we just heard, our mitochondria are like the batteries of our cells, which is why their optimal function is important, not just for energy, but for so many other functions in the body. I will tell you more about what we did for Cindy in just a second. But first, if you want to find out more about my guest, Dr. Tim Jackson, please visit healthmysterysolve.com and go to episode number 22. There you'll find all the detailed show notes so you can reference everything he and I discussed. And for Cindy, I knew her mitochondria were at play here. I did an organic acid test to look at how her cells were making energy and the nutrients that were responsible for mitochondrial health. It was no surprise that the whole section of the organic acid test that shows energy production and the Krebs cycle, which is a biochemical cycle in the body that makes energy, was completely off. She was deficient in many B vitamins, quentin Q10, and carnitine. The other big thing is that Cindy loved Roundup and used it around her property all the time. I explained to her that glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup, is actually very toxic to our body. It damages the mitochondria and also negatively impacts our microbiome and the liver. So the first thing we did was stop using it, and I introduced Cindy to a few organic gardeners to help her transition to more natural products. To help her detoxify, we used a product called Bitter X by Quicksilver Scientific and Biotox to help her bile and prevent her from reabsorbing back the toxins. Now, Cindy's circadian rhythms were also pretty off. She was going to bed way too late and having trouble falling asleep because she missed her optimal window most nights. So we've worked on dimming the lights at night and avoiding the harmful blue light from electronics an hour before bed. This was really huge, guys. Don't underestimate the negative effect of this on your body. Now, by practicing good sleep hygiene, Cindy was able to get to bed earlier and get better sleep. I then put Cindy on a synergistic product called Mitochondrial NRG, which is a combination of a lot of goodies. It has B vitamins, carnitine, CoQ10, ribose, malic acid, succinic acid, and curcumin. We also did liquid glutathione and a transdermal glutathione cream with SOD called OxyCell to help her with free radicals and to boost her antioxidant status. And to further help the mitochondria, we used a product called H2 Elite, which is a molecular hydrogen that she dissolved in her water. Along with this, 
we worked on her adrenals. Now, better sleep and less toxins were already helping the adrenals, but we also worked on some mind-body aspect with breathing techniques. And I put Cindy on an adaptogenic formula called Adrenal Response, which helps to balance the adrenals with herbs like ashwagandha and rhodiola. Now, I know this sounds like a lot, but please keep in mind that we did this over the course of several months, so it was gradual and not hard to follow at all. Cindy started to see a change after three weeks. However, I asked her to take it easy and not overdo it on what she was doing throughout the day and her workouts until her body got a little stronger. And then we had some more time to get things in balance. She was able to resume her workouts in six weeks though and was back to her normal self in four months. Now, if Cindy sounds like someone you know, please share this episode with them and make sure you subscribe to the show because the next health mystery I uncover could be one you or someone you love is dealing with right now. And if you guys like the show, I would so appreciate it if you can go on iTunes and rate and review the podcast. The reviews really help spread the word so that more people can learn about the possible answers and know that they're not alone in their health struggles. Because when it comes to solving your health issues, don't give up. The answers are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week on Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.